Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. The new year is here. It's 2023 and the Blackhawks are still the same old trash heap we talked about all of last year. But everyone's back to talk about it again. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager. You can uh, find me on Twitter at DML57. I feel like I went off the rails already, but that that's how things kind of go around these parts. Because uh, the Blackhawks have lost something like 20 out of 22 in the last like two or three months, like I, I barely even remember what it's like to watch them win a game. So it's just, it's been a, it's, it's been a, it's been a thing here. Uh, but I've got all my line mates with me this evening to help uh, kind of sort through all of this things that are going on lately. Uh, so up first, the analytics darling of second city hockey, you can find on Twitter at Jehovah's witness. It's Shepard price. Uh, the Blackhawks are, are too bad as Linus Olmark, who is going to win the Vesna this year is too good. Uh, cause apparently I, I just found out his record this year is 20. I think if you played today, 22 and one, and that, uh, that doesn't seem possible, but it is when you're Linus old Mark and you're playing behind the Boston Bruins defense. Apparently. Okay. I, I, cause I, you said Linus old Mark. I'm like, I know that's a goalie. And I legitimately could not figure out what team he plays for because I thought Jeremy Swayzen was the goalie in Boston, Swayman. but he's the best. Swayman was supposed to be the, the goaltender of the future for the for the Bruins. And then Linus Olmark is going to win the Vezda. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like like he's certainly playing well. But uh, to your point about uh, the team in front of him also playing extremely well. so And that's with injuries because Car- Charlie McAvoy missed, what, the first 15 games of the season? That's their number one guy. Yeah. Yeah, good. I, Boston, like, I didn't even watch the Winter Classic today, but I know Boston hasn't, like, I still don't think they've lost a regulation game at home yet this season, if I remember correctly. No, I believe that. I believe I believe they did lose in a shootout. Oh, but so they still haven't lost in regulation. They're doing, like, the Blackhawk streak from 2013, but just at home. Yeah. Like, they, they are so far, like, the they are miles, well, I think Carolina is kind of within striking distance, but they've pulled so far ahead of the rest of the NHL. Like if they don't get the president's trophy, it'll be a pretty big uh, choke job on their part. But Shay, I, I can't believe we didn't even get to the most important part. Uh, your lions are just unlionsing all over the place. What's going on here? I don't, I don't, I don't want to jinx us. Uh, because <laughs> we, we have two teams slightly ahead of us. It, 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 we have, we have to beat the Packers. That's what yeah. I'll, that's all I'll say. We have and to beat it, the Packers. And Sunday night prime time. Is it in Detroit or in Green Bay? It's in Green Bay. Oh yeah, sorry about you. Which stresses uh, me out. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's understandable. But uh, well, uh, uh, Aaron is old now, and hopefully just worn out, and they can get past uh, him. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, all I've got to hope for is that Justin Fields is still alive after Week 18. So, so he looks good yeah. against us. Yeah, he, he had his moments, and then and then uh, the complete lack of talent around him became very obvious very quickly after that opening drive. So, uh, but let's let's uh, let's move along to bringing the rest of the crew who's been waiting patiently while we talk about all these other things. Uh, 
up first or up second, I guess at this point, but he is the second city hockey. What Dave Monks is to the Tokyo police club. You can find him on Twitter at mill one eighty two. It's mill Savage. Yeah, it was a great sports weekend uh, for me personally. Uh, Pitt beat UNC in basketball. Pitt won a bowl game right after that same day. We had the Kenny Pickett comeback drive against the Ravens. So talking about Chicago is going to be kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, well, life's about balance, Mill. You got you to gotta strike the medium somewhere. Uh, I've got the Bears that are bad and the Blackhawks that are bad and the White Sox that are bad. Well, well, the White Sox could be good, though. At least no, they, no, just... no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up like that again. I can't. I just, but, but I'm, the, I'm but just the gonna. Are, they're bad because of they're stepping on their own toes. I, I know, but I, I don't care why they're bad. They just are bad, and it makes me sad. And now I'm rhyming about it. So let's just fair enough. <laughs> well, I, I just, uh, I'm glad I had some sports joy early in the calendar year because. Uh, I also wrote about the last Hawks game, which I know we'll get into, and it was fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, can confirm. Uh, uh, which actually, that's that's the only sports show I had last week was uh, the third episode of the new Letter Kenny season. I don't know if any of the three of you have seen it yet. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, you need to watch it and just watch the first five minutes. You'll understand why. It's great. Um, but let's bring in our last uh, line mate for the evening. Uh, she might be playing with a mild upper body injury this week, but she is here. Uh, she's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It's Betsy. I was just thinking about when you guys were going over sport, other sports, hockey. The closest <laughs> I get to watching other sports regularly is one when I pass my mom in the den when she's yelling at the TV because UGA isn't like I know they won by like a point finally, but yeah, let's go yeah. dogs. <laughs> and then watching sports anime, so <laughs> like that's as close as I get. I, wait, <laughs> I like I wanted to ask about. The Georgia, t- uh, the Georgia thing, but sports anime. I I need to hear more now. Hang on. There's, I don't. It's anime that <laughs> revolves is, is around. It just, is it just like they just incorporate sports into the anime? Like no, I know no, it's, an an, it's anime completely about it. Like uh, Karuko no basketball. Like it's all about this hmm. guy that plays basketball, and then there's Haiku, which is probably the most famous one, which is all about volleyball. I didn't, um, I didn't know that one of the best. They, I didn't know that there was an overlap between these two um, worlds. Fuck. Yeah, what? I know haiku. Yeah, haiku's like everybody really should. It's like one of the biggest animes um, and manga series to come out of Japan in recent years. But um, there's a new one about soccer um, that's really hype. Um, I haven't told my list. It's got blue in its name. Um, but so yeah, there's a bunch. Okay. Um, All right. Well, I learned something new today. Uh, I know when I'm like not in the mood to watch <laughs> Demon Slayer or. Something like that. I'm like, cool. I'm just gonna watch the happy volleyball kids. Now. Yeah. Is that, is that what is that your coping mechanism after you have to watch a Blackhawks game? I'm, well, I would watch it at the same time if I didn't have to read the screen too. I can't watch hockey and read subtitles at the same time. And pay oh pay. yeah, that's, that's a little too much multitasking. Um. So. Yeah. No. Uh, that's fair. I just uh, any. I, I've had dual screens set up in the living room for the fall and carried through the winter now. And just there's like, usually when the Blackhawks are on, like that's the only game on, I, I don't even bother with the other screen, but I can tell you for the last, last few months after that first two weeks that were kind of fun. And then once the, everything started heading South, like if the Hawks game is on, there's probably a second NHL game that is also on at the same time that I'm watching because 
I, I just, uh, the Hoss game just doesn't do much for me anymore because it kind of feels inevitable what's going to happen. And that is a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about at the start of this here edition of Musings on Madison because, like, the Blackhawks are losing and it's part of the plan. So you can't get too upset about the, all the losses because, again, like, that's what they're supposed to be doing. But, I mean, they've lost 20 out of 22. It's it's just it's it's a special kind of miserable right now. Um, but I, I think the 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 last two defeats in particular for me were start there's there's a few red flags that are starting to go off for me because they played Columbus on Saturday, uh New Year's Eve afternoon game, and just got worked by a Columbus team that is the thirty-first overall team in the NHL. I think in the second period, Columbus had like an eighty-six percent expected goal share, something stupid like that. And then on Sunday, the the Hawks come back home, play the San Jose Sharks, who played, I think, in Dallas the night before. So they had to travel late. So the Hawks like were able to get back home at a reasonable time on Saturday. So it seemed to be shaping up for the Hawks to have some sort of advantage by the schedule. And then the Hawks get a two goal lead and then give up five in a row. And then you go back and look at all the possession stats and they got outplayed incredibly thoroughly once again. And San Jose sucks as well. They're like 26th or 27th in the league. So two of the shittier teams in the NHL just played the Hawks and beat them. Not not only just like one, but kind of kicked their asses in each game. And this is a combined score of like 10 to three. The aggregate of the last two games was nine to three. So yeah, very just about there, Shay. I mean, I'm sure there might've been another goal. They just forgot to count or whatever. But uh, when all this keeps happening, like, Again, if they lose the good teams, that's one thing. But when you lose the shitty teams and get your ass kicked, my glaze starts glaze glance is the <laughs> word I'm trying to say. Jesus Christ. My glaze. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was doing ceramics <laughs> earlier. Uh, no, there's that's just wow. Um, anyway, uh, the whole thing I was trying to say is that my my eyes go towards the back of the bench and I look at Luke Richardson and I'm asking what exactly is it you would say you do here? Um, so Shay, can you, can you explain this for me? Cause that's, that's where I'm, I'm starting to, to get some red flags on the, the man behind the Blackhawks bench. Yeah. I think I was questioning him earlier this season. I think I, I just, the, I think the point of the season, right. Is to develop youth. Right. Um, well, whatever what, you, what you got, youth, what <laughs> there ain't much. What you, there's, there's a few, there's Ian Mitchell, there's uh, Isaac Phillips, there's Phil Kershev. Our boy, Phil. Uh, who would you say of those three has gotten better? Well, and uh, even- I mean, I, okay. Given, given that Ian Mitchell has, has had very little experience under uh, Luke Richardson, which says something about that situation itself, but mm-hmm. Phil Phillips. Okay. Against Carolina last week. Um, horrible, horrible game. One of the worst games from a Blackhawks player this year. That's not good. That's that's a defenseman who is just tearing up the AHL, who uh, should be a goal, should likely be a defenseman of the future. Probably, maybe bottom three, but in the lineup every night, kind of guy, mm-hmm. and one of the worst games. Yeah, uh, like I, I, <laughs> if he can't compete with the teams that he should be able to at least compete with, if not beat, then what's like you have to get somebody who's better with the, with the young guys. Mm. And I'm not seeing that. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to s- make it sound like we're already like, Oh, we got to fire Luke Richardson. Like, it's not that, but it's just like, this is an evaluation of the players as much as an evaluation of the coach, because we're trying to figure out 
who or what is going to be around when this team is allegedly going to be good again. And I, I think that the question I like, the thing that comes up for me with Luke Richardson, and I'm going to swing this around to Betsy is I don't feel like there's a single player that's taken a step forward this season. And that bothers me that that is not happening. Is there a similar thought or uh, emotion running through your head, Betsy? Yeah. And I actually think some players have taken steps back. Um, yeah. And that's, that's an even more alarming thing because so I'll say the only player that I think has had a better year over year was, uh, has been Jake McCabe. And that's mostly because his season last year was trash. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like I think last year was it, the outlier for him and this is more of a return to his normal. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's just healing from like, he had a bad knee. Yeah. You know, sometimes knee surgery stuff doesn't you're you're not as good as you were the year like it takes more than a year to recover from that mm-hmm. so i think that has nothing to do with the coaching but i at the beginning of the season we were all kind of excited because there was this roster that's really not well it's, it's constructed to lose um but it what they weren't but it wasn't that they weren't winning like luckily they were winning in a way that you could go okay i can understand they're not going to be good but they can they can you know get get as much as they can out of these players. And then slowly that just trickled away. Perfect example of that is like Jack Johnson, who <laughs> weirdly was doing pretty well at the beginning. And then of course he just turned into a pumpkin, which is what Jack Johnson normally is. Um, and it's <laughs> one of those frustrating things, but he's not the only one. I think no. Connor Murphy has been having a bad season. Um, I'm not sure if it's just because he's often paired with Tenorti. Um, I think that Seth Jones is having a terrible season, which is sad because he was having a great one last year and he was just pretty much doing whatever he wanted. Um, Patrick Kane can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I do think he'll probably take off regardless, just not as much as he did last year because he doesn't have Kane started taking off last year when Strom finally got reunited with DeBrinket yeah. and Kane. And then that line just, blew up there's and, nobody that yeah kane, those, those guys are gone now yeah and there's nobody that kane connects with on the team anywhere near either one of those two and the only one he kind of does it with is domi and even that's hit or miss so yeah. but defensively they've they've gotten worse over the seat year and it's kind of sad that they've actually been statistically worse than colleton's teams were yeah, and like the the defense yeah. core is not that different from the one last season. Like it's, it's no. most, it's mostly, it's most of the same players. So like, obviously like you try to wait to break it in Strom and Kubelik or, or those guys all depart and your offense is going to be lacking. And it is. And that like that, I can, I'll tolerate that, but the lack of like, I, it, it, to your point, Betsy, it feels like the defense has taken a step back with mostly the same characters from last yeah, season. And even just not even just the defense, the actual like forwards, they have, defensively sound forwards previously because Lafferty, Dickinson, Kara, um, all of them have been good defensive players. Taves, even Khrushchev, mm-hmm. last, like, I mean, that was one of the one things that we were like, yeah, he's good defensively. Can he actually do anything else or is he just going to be a bottom line forward? You have like these guys that do traditionally know how to play defense and yet they can't, like what's happening? Um, I don't need them to out-possess their team because I don't think any of those guys are possession drivers but Mm -hmm. you at least need to be able to disrupt in the defensive zone enough to like mess up the other team from getting so much and they just can't they were like again at the beginning of the year they were doing a good job of shots to quality shot suppression 
and that was helping out their goalies. And then that just like slowly stopped happening. Yeah. So, and, and the PK is the other one. Their PK. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. I forgot the penalty kills, but it yeah. keeps getting so, progressively yeah, worse. I just, the trend for me is as the season has progressed, they've gotten worse. Everybody in the, most of the players and as a team. So. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's just, there's, I know it's a, you know, they're, they're just trying to get the number one pick and all those things, but uh, to swing this over in the middle, like, like it, it just, it, it feels just like it, it was going to be bad, but somehow it seems like it's even worse than we expected. Yeah. I, I think it's important to remember, no matter how clearly it is that they're trying to take that these are competitive athletes and, no competitive athlete at any level wants to lose games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I remember, you know, me playing several different sports in school at not a professional level, even if we were <laughs> supposed to get killed, uh, locker room would be in fumes after a loss. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Those Especially dodgeball you, games got heated, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I remember being uh, on basketball teams where we'd blow leads and, and it was a mess, uh, football team, stuff like that. And I look at it from the perspective of there's two ways to go about having a, a untalented team. It's either a, you try to win with what you got and that's kind of what the Hawks are doing and it's not good. Or B, you try to develop players by assessing their talent, getting back to fundamentals. And, you know, you can let a cane or a Taves off the leash because they are superior athletes compared to what they have there for the most part, or maybe a Seth Jones in the right situation, but they're not, you know, Luke Richardson and, and his whole staff, they have plenty of other coaches. They're clearly not saying, hey, like, let's play really fundamental. And if we're going to get beat, it's because we're getting beat the right way. It's kind of like put a shot on. Oh, fuck it. It didn't go in. All right. Kind of get back. Like they, they look just like a bad team, like just horrible. <laughs> like it's hard to explain from a comp- but I'm trying to look at it from a competitor standpoint. Yeah. Well, it's just like there's. I. It just, it just seems like it's worse than expected, and it's not – like they're the worst team in the NHL, which, again, not the most surprising thing in the world. It's just like they're not even like competing anymore, like it seems – like not that they're not trying, but like the end product. There's so many of these games where they're not even close. Like the Rangers well, beat them 7-1 to one a few weeks ago, and the Rangers are above average, but they're not running away with a division or anything. Well, let me throw this out there too, and I, I'm sure all three of you would have seen the same thing that I, I tweeted during the first period. I said, "Wow, Hawks are lucky to not be down five nothing after the first, <laughs> yeah. and then they they went up two and gave up five because that's how you could see not to be eye test or whatever, but you because it's in the charts as clear as day too. But you could see how poorly they're playing. Yeah, and it's just there's no like. It just seems like something else goes wrong every game, too. You know, like I, I like, like one night it'll just be like uh, a blown coverage, and then the next game it'll be bad giveaways, and then it'll be like failed Their power play the sucks. The power play, or then like the I think they uh, gave up a few shorties in the game recently. Like there's just there's always a new way to lose, and it's just I don't know. It just oh, I, I I keep I, I what'd you say? I chuckled because there was a graphic last night. I know he missed time, but it was like Sam Lafferty, fourth goal of the season, third against Sharks. <laughs> yeah, and the other two were shorthanded goals in the same period, and the last time they actually beat San Jose. So it's just two sorry ass teams. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it, but San Jose won that game decisively. Like that's but San that's Jose the thing has a killing. lot more talent though, not like to compete well, with the right. good teams, but they have more talent than the Hawks. Like Eric Carlson's playing out of his ass. Yeah. 
like I don't know what what fountain of youth he found, but I'd like to know where it is. But um, and then like, uh, who hook hook caves and cane up to it as as an IV? <laughs> yes, but like I I look at the Sharks roster, like that team doesn't look all that good to me. Especially when they're giving up to on Timo Meyer and probably Thomas Hurdle. Yeah. Well, it, well, I, I mean, I said that they're good. I just said they're more talented than the Hawks. That's not a high bar. I think yeah. systematically they're playing better, too. That's true. Yeah, they're just, statistically better, too. Yeah. But that's not hard because I think the Hawks are the bottom of everything, pretty much. Except yeah, like except uh, faceoffs. Except faceoffs. Oh no! For, yeah. Hey, they're winning those goddamn faceoffs, which just I to sh- give them away. If you if you didn't need any more proof that face yeah. faceoffs do not translate to possession, whew, you got um, the Hawks at the top of faceoffs, and at the very very bottom, I think they're at forty percent. Well, it matters like when you're in the Stanley Cup final and Andrew Shaw has to win a defensive zone. They're situationally important, like yeah. Are. yeah Not when exactly. you've lost twenty in a row. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I just it, like I, I think I'm going to do this in an article later in the week, but just try and find like just compare like last season's Hawks to this season's Hawks, and I feel like it's going to be a statistical regression in every single way, and and even like going to like individual players, uh, more. Uh, possession stats and all that like it just it feels like somebody should have taken this like if if luke richardson was a as good of a coach as we hoped he would be like some guys would take steps forward there would be some positive signs you could point to i don't have any about this team right now it just feels like because like it like when a year or two as we're evaluating this down the road it's like just point back to that roster and everything and everything that that team accomplished and say get every single player who was on that team off this roster because we don't need them anymore because that team was so bad just burn the whole thing down and that's kind of what they're going to do but there's there's still like a few pieces like the Phillips and the Mitchells and the Kurashevs that like and Taylor Radish is another one that like somebody could have taken a step forward and given us something to hope for. And uh, I think eventually the collective failure across the board uh, starts to point back to the, the people behind the bench for me. And that's, uh, it's just, uh, I just, I, again, I don't want to make it sound like we're uh, calling for him to be fired in his first season as a head coach ever, but uh, just hang that up as a very bright can red I, flag. Can for I ask me. one question? Sure. How much do you think King has any input really? Cause like, what what's his role? What's his job? What is a good he- question? Yeah, because he's still <laughs> behind the bench, and I don't like that. <clears throat> yeah, I know it was kind of like a reward for like morale from last year more than anything. He's, he's good in the room. Yeah, which heard that be, before. Which yeah. would be fine if if the like, room was any good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, fucking giving yeah. the speech from the bathroom stall. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's one, like with the way, like when Derek King got promoted last year to head coach, like because of how miserable everything was at the time, uh, it was like, I, I understand why they did what they did. And even if the Hawks sucked the rest of the season, who cares? It was a throwaway season. Uh, they, they were done by Christmas, if not Thanksgiving. So whatever. Um, can I ask something too, though? Yeah. This fucking, uh, general manager, uh, Dubas, whatever, junior, this is what he <laughs> wants, right? Well, I, I, no. I, it just, this, this is, this is the part that, uh, the gray area for me of like, yes, they want to be bad. Yes. They want to, um, get Connor Bernard, whatever, but 
it's so bad. Like it, it's bad to a degree that makes you worry that if they get Connor Bedard next season, they're going to drag Connor Bedard down with them instead of Bedard being bringing them up. I guess it is. It, it has me worried about the future because the present is so bad. I'll say it'd be interesting to like ask fans from some of the other like bad teams in the league, how they feel about like if their teams are even like, if it's so bad, you can't watch them. Um, Cause I have some friends that are flyers fans and they're miserable. Yes. Uh, but I have some fans that are like friends that like the Habs and they're not as miserable. And I think the main difference is that, it's kids playing on that team versus like they have kids they can look to and they like. Um, but I don't have as many, I don't have anybody like, I don't know anybody who likes Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Um, uh, or, well, the, well, that's, <laughs> I, I think that's like, that's what next season could be like if they get, you know, they get Bedard and they bring up Korchinski and a few other guys, yeah. Luke, Lucas Reichel, like they might suck again next year. Uh, but at least like, you know, if Bedard gets a hundred points and Reichel gets 50 or 60, Korchinski gets like 60 or 70 and is in the Calder trophy running. Like if those things happen, you at least you have something to hang your hat on as optimism for the future. Yeah. What reason do you have for optimism about anything related to the team right now? Exactly. And that's, and that's where well, my concern with the coaches. I want to throw one other thing out. This is just food for thought. It doesn't mean anything. We enjoy but- food here. Bet yes. Uh, back in two thousand, like seven, eight, when Taves and Kane first arrived on the team, that was like the first time anybody was really optimistic, and the the, the news was like even talking about it and whatever. But there were guys there, like Keith. People were high on Seabrook. Keith had a really fucking shitty year his second year before mm-hmm. they came. Uh, we all thought he sucked after that year, and it's kind of hard to judge like some of those pieces until you get your star and then a coach comes in who knows what he's doing. So I don't want to say everybody sucks going (laughs) forward. They might, but like, it's hard to tell because of how horrible they are as a unit. Yeah. I, that's, I, it's, and I think that kind of feeds into like my general, like how do you evaluate anybody on this team when everything's so bad? And to your point, Mill, like if you go back to Keith and Seabrook, like I believe their first season would have been 05, 06. It was right, post lockdown. Yeah. So do you know what happened in the middle of that season? Um, they, fucking well, well, no, uh, no, Adrian Acoin got hurt and no, uh, no, I was, goddamn right. Red so, Wings guy wore the captaincy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but 05, 06 was Trent Yanni as the head coach. And they were right. miserable. He got fired the next Savard. season and they brought in Dennis Savard. So, and then so that's – yeah. So uh, I'm not saying Luke Richards is going to be fired next season, but like if you go back to precedent, like things can be so, things can be so bad even when you're not supposed to be good that okay, like, but the coach can get also, blamed for it. Duncan Keith looked suitable under Trent Yanni, and then Savard <laughs> came in and he let him play fucking forward, basically. Do you remember uh, that? He would be like pinching no. in, and we're like, no, I no, doing? I don't know. I for, I tried to black that out because I'm going through it all over again. I was there, Dave. I think <laughs> it's burned into my eyeball. I, w- I was away in school, so I missed some of it. I'm sorry, you guys. This is why I'm so fucked up. <laughs> it's from watching horrible teams. <laughs> well, it's, I got bad news for you, Mill. Uh, <laughs> you got about three more months with this side, so. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to. 
We're gonna re- now that we're all depressed again. Welcome to 2023. Um, now that we're all, all bummed, uh, we're gonna take a time out. We're gonna regroup, kind of get our our uh, our collective breath back together. Uh, talk about a few other things, and then we're gonna get the fuck out of here because um, we we all wanted to start the new year on a good note, but we're not doing it by talking about this team for too much longer. But uh, come on back on the other side of this break, and hopefully we're in a better mood on the other side. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, got a few other things to talk about before we get out of here this evening. And uh, one of them came down, I believe it was over the weekend. Uh, it was on New Year's Eve, so that was Saturday night. Uh, this article, I'm looking at it, it's from Sportsnet. It references uh, the 32 thoughts from Hockey Night in Canada. Jeff Merrick, a one of the reporters for Sportsnet, indicated that Max Domi, is interested in extending his stay with the Blackhawks. Oh, thank God. Okay. I thought it was the Blackhawks now, now, were, extending, were interested in extending their, yeah, their time with Max Domi. Because this, this is I, – I want to make sure the, – the, Merrick added that there are ongoing discussions between Davidson and his agents about the next steps. More talks are expected in the coming weeks. So I initially saw this and was – and this is – see, this is where like some of the – the way things get reported in sports, I don't like because they get um, there's too much gray area with the wording. The word like Max Domi said from the get go, like he he really likes Luke Richardson and I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. However, it is the job of the Blackhawks general manager to say you are not in our long term plans. Sorry. Where do you want to get traded to? Right. Yes. Because <laughs> like yes. I, so I don't I, I'll. uh I don't think this article initially is saying that like the Blackhawks are interested in keeping Max Domi around, but um, I think we're all in agreement. And Shay, I'll swing it over to you first just to make sure. But uh, no, right? This should this should not no. happen. <laughs> no, they should not keep Max Domi around. That is not a talent that is being developed. That is not a youth that is important to the future. That is somebody who is barely a member of this current team who doesn't have any trade protection and needs to be gone. By February. I mean, maybe March. March is the deadline. So we'll, we'll give them, oh, we'll March give them until March. But March. whatever. I, your your point stands. Uh, yeah, I just I, – I initially saw this like somebody... – I just want to double down on what Trey said, and I'd say I'd prefer he'd be gone in January. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I – I, uh, Max Selby is okay as a hockey player. He's just – he – He's a, he's an he's an annoying little piece of shit is what he is and like I think he would take that as a compliment because he I believe he <laughs> thrives on that pest role but it's just it's not like I I don't I I find pe- prototypes of uh, the Max Domi mold to be really annoying I don't know what the difference is between him and Andrew Shaw I didn't mind Andrew Shaw as much and maybe just because the Blackhawks suck right now. I didn't mind Andrew Shaw as much, but Max Domi just drives me up a wall every time I see, he's just uh he's just annoying. It's because the Blackhawks were successful and Andrew Shaw's well, coming. Yeah. No, it's also because Andrew Shaw when he like he went hard and a lot of his like he kind you know his nickname was the Mutt for a reason. He was kind of like a little dog that yipped a lot and could occasionally back his bark up, and that's kind of endearing. Max Domi sometimes looks like he wants to hurt people and he makes really stupid. Like, not that Andrew Stahl didn't make stupid thing like, mistakes, too, but, like, for some reason, Domi does it at, like, the worst possible moments. Like, you're just like, why are you doing it right then, sir? Well, he and- did it. 
He did it the other night against the Sharks where yeah. he took a penalty on Carlson. I forget what he did. But then he like walked over and whacked Carlson to the back of the leg and cross-checked him into the wall. And like like it, he was clearly trying to goad Carlson into taking yeah. a matching penalty. I'm like, I thought for a second he was going to get a double miter. And so. you had you you had people like you because there's like um, the different levels. You have uh, Dave Boland, who was the perfect ah. Yes. So, Dave so Boland, good. Perfect. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> At getting under player skins without getting very many penalties, playing hard without ever crossing the line, really, um, and all kinds of stuff like that. And then you had Andrew Shaw, who was like too much energy um, sometimes in what he did, and it would occasionally come out in like, you know, fits almost. Max Domi kind of goes out of his way to be mean, and it's not the same way you don't have like a brian bickle going you know when andrew shaw is trying to take on chara or somebody going hey you want me to get you a step ladder so you can go <laughs> up because you know that it's not i guess you know? i guess the way the way you're wording it and i think this is the uh, best way i could describe it is there was like a finesse to the shithousery from yes. andrew shaw and there is no such finesse to the shithousery from Max Domi. Well, it's just he's you're you're just an asshole. I, guess. I think like I think like Shaw, he did some stupid shit. But like when the play was done, it was done. Whereas like kind of like what Betsy said, like uh, Max Domi is uh, he's not a bully. He's just kind of a prick. Like, <laughs> and he, like and it, go he ahead. thinks he has big balls. And it's like, dude, you're just being an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, like, I, nobody cares. He's the type I, of player that Marion Hosa would smile at and then go, go away. You know, like and the then little score four goals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't really like Max Domi much stemming from his, uh, when he jumped Connor Murphy last or two seasons ago and, and like when the Hawks got him, it was just fine. Whatever his, you know, his, his dad was a popular I, goon in the nineties. I bet you he has some kind of psychological thing where he has to like, like live up to pleasing his dad, but his dad would have been kicked out of the league these days. Oh yeah. You know what? I also, I wonder, and this is maybe a shortcoming of Richardson in a way too, because under Q Shaw got better. Because Q wouldn't put up with that shit. You never heard Q say something like when, like Shaw got benched the only times he got benched because he did get more rope than maybe he probably should have in the beginning. Um, He was one of the few like really young guys that would make mistakes and Q was like, okay, I'm going to let them go back out there. But um, he would occasionally bench whenever Shaw did something really stupid. Shaw, you know, he was benched. Max Domi does something stupid and he gets sent right back out there. And I don't know if it's because there's just not a lot of talented players or if that's Richards Richardson being like inexplicably like, yeah, that's okay. And you're like, but it's not, sir. Please stop. Yeah, and I also <laughs> think they're trying to like I think the goal was to trade him. Which I agree with you, Betsy. Like he should not he should have to uh sit when he does dumb shit. But I bet you they were like, Hey, make sure this guy gets as much time and action as possible. Yeah. We got we gotta we gotta fluff up those numbers so we can uh, get the best return for him. Yeah, they never wanted to get rid of Andrew Shaw. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I I I saw that headline on New Year's Eve and immediately was like ready to rage, but I guess now that I took a better look at it. I guess there, I, I should probably go back and watch the actual video of, of the a segment from hockey night in Canada. But it just seems like Max Delmi is expressing interest in wanting to stay with the Hawks, which fine. He can do that. But uh, as long as there's no, as long as the Hawks don't acquiesce to those, I mean, 
there's there's no there's no point in him being around. I think the worst case scenario is that <clears throat> they think they're gonna like caning caves are gonna be gone, and then like who else? What other veterans exist on the team? So there might be a possibility that they're thinking, well, if they can get him on a short term deal, he could be one of the few vets that they keep from this season for any kids that they bring up next year, which is a terrible, uh, yeah. terrible idea. Man. Don't get me wrong, but I can understand. That's the only reasoning I can think of that they'd want to keep him. Yeah. Here, um, here's a thought then if Kane and the tapes both go, Seth Jones is probably your captain. The rest of this season, it's three A's for sure. Uh, next season. Yeah. It might be Seth Jones. Although um, I mean, do they have to wait a season before they put the C on Connor Bedard? Cause yes. if they, if they get him or they get Adam Fantilli, like it's like no. one, se- one season. How long yeah. did it take them to do Connor McDavid? One season. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was one season with Taves, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So. I don't... Taves, yeah. They all alternated A's that first year. He wore it in December. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was at the time it. of Taves. He was the youngest. And then had well, Crosby. younger since then. But oh, yes. I, I, I think Crosby. But he also waited because uh, when he came, Lemieux was still on the team. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is wild to think about. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Well, um, just trying to think if there's any other Blackhawks related stuff we needed to get. I just to. like how we're hell bent on being sure that we're getting Bedard. Well, it's just that's Mill. That's the only optimism I can give myself right now. Is that yeah? The only the only optimism, the only oh the only real optimism it. is the Blackhawks are at this point are, are currently guaranteed a uh, top three pick. No, no, I'm not pointing this finger at the panel though. Like I got a notification about whatever he did today. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to write about him next year. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure beats whatever the fuck we're writing about now. It's just, I think, I mean, it's just, it, it would be something. And that it, I wonder, I'm trying to think of the last time I was genuinely excited about the way the Blackhawks were like the, the Blackhawks big picture. And Ugh. it's, it's a struggle. Like at least like, um, you know, like the, the COVID shortened season. So the 2021 season, like I couldn't say I was excited about that season. Cause that was the, the year that they were going to play the kids. And and how much they actually did is up for debate still. But um, I even that season, like I, I I didn't I wasn't really optimistic that about how good the kids were going to be. I guess so. It's 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 been a while, and at least like getting kind of Bedard would be a sign that something went right. I guess would be the best way to put it. So. Um, well, and I guess while we're on the subject of kind of Bedard, we can briefly touch on the World Juniors that started day after Christmas, I think. So they're about just into their second week. Now the group stage is all done. They're into the knockout stages. Connor Bedard is just scoring 11 bajillion points. Um, and I think uh, and any arguments about Adam Fantilli potentially usurping him as a number one pick are gone. Like, I, I, I don't even know if they existed, but no, I don't and think, I think any... Fantilli's, Fantilli's got to worry about Carlson. Like, there are people that are thinking maybe this tournament will change whether or not Carlson will jump to two. Well, I and I know you mentioned you wanted to uh, wax poetic about Leo Carlson, Betsy, so go right ahead. Just, he's looked great. He, he missed one game for, I think, sickness, and then otherwise has looked amazing. He had a great performance against Finland today. When he wants to take over a game, he just can turn it on and take it over. Um, he's a kind of power forward ish uh, type of player. He's, I don't think he's like that big right now. If I don't, I don't think any of the top guys are really very large because Connor Bedard's pretty small. Um, 
Carlson's the biggest of them, I want to say. Um, I know he's the tallest, but I don't know how heavy he is. But he plays like it. He pushes to the net really hard, which I know like Blackhawks fans would like. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, they yes, they would. And I know that we're it's kind of like a Bedard or bust situation for the Blackhawks because they traded. I mean, Alex Dabrinkit being traded, at least a large part of it was to get high draft picks, but the other part of it was to be so bad that they could land Bedard. So if they don't, you've given up Alex Dabrinkit for not a guaranteed player, which Bedard is going to be. But at least, the very least, probably Carlson's going to be in the top three and Fintilli's going to be there. And those two guys are going to be really good. And I think the Blackhawks would be happy with either one of them. Um, Carlson's probably more of a like, if you wanted to compare like a Landeskog to a McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe be- like a, he's performing better than Landeskog did leading up to his season. And possibly in any other draft, he would be like a top guy, but they're just the top four in this draft are so good. Obviously it's Bedard. And then the next three are so good that they could be at the top. They could have been the number one in any other, like most other drafts. So yeah, Whatever. I, I watched that Finland game and was just like, well, <laughs> I wouldn't mind him in the Blackhawks jersey if it was any other draft and Bedard wasn't the main goal. Yeah, I uh, everything about Leo Carlson is moving up. And and I again, I, I think I've said this before on these airwaves that uh, it's not fair to him. But with Mishkov being a Russian player and all the things going on in the world with uh, Russia right now, like I just... I sh- I I'd be terrified at the thought of having a Russian player be like the, the Blackhawks franchise hinge on that. He's playing in the lower. He can't. He couldn't tap in to be in the KHL. Yeah, which is what? another knock against him. So. Yeah. Okay. So so may- maybe Carlson's at least number three, and like his numbers won't be the most impressive because he's playing in the SHL against full grown adult men. He's only got fourteen points in twenty five games. He's in the World Juniors. He's got four points in five games. Um, so not the best sample size, but you get the point. Um, like Connor Bedard's lighting up the juniors and he's playing against other teenagers for the most part. So it's, uh, like, it's just, uh, it's a different world that they're playing in, but yeah, everything, everything about Leo Carlson's stock is shooting up and Fantilli's stock is also like not going down by any means. He's destroying the NCAA this season. Um, so those three players, I, I, I would not be. There would be certainly some level of disappointment if they don't get number one. Um, I think I could live with two or three. I mean, it might be like the 2004 draft where one was Ovechkin and two was Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Nothing wrong with Evgeny Malkin by any means. He certainly lives up to the billing as a number two pick, although he's not the best goal scorer in NHL history. So it's like just maybe a smidge below. And I guess that, that might give you a good idea of the difference between Bedard and the rest of the group. True. But to add to that, um, and I don't disagree with anything you just said, uh, love Ovechkin, but if you're a Penguins fan, you'd probably take the three cups over the goal scoring title in one cup. Well, of course, but like, you know, like Pittsburgh had like the best run of draft picks ever. Like in the early two thousands, they got Crosby flurry and Malkin, and then, like, Stahl uh, was a throwaway, and they got, I think Latang was a late first rounder. So, yeah. Stahl was still, like, uh, okay. He just, yeah, he wasn't bad. He, just, he was the third center because he was playing behind Crosby and Malkin, which if is. If they would have got Jonathan Taves as their third center, though, they might have won, like, oh, I yeah. don't know. Thank you. <laughs> I don't thank want to you, St. Louis. 
Thank you, St. Louis. All right. Well, I, I think that's that's enough hockey talk for one conversation because, again, Thank we God. don't want to depress ourselves any further. So uh, we got to reclaim our mantle as the best food-themed hockey podcast on the internet because we were gone for a week. And we have a food take that uh, was, flying, it was flying around the internet a few weeks ago. It was from former Chicago Bears offensive lineman Kyle Long. I have no idea if he came up with this or if someone else did, so I don't know how to properly credit it. I apologize. But his tweet was – uh, if you could have a small version of any restaurant in your house, what would it be? And Shay, I'll let you go first, and then we'll just see where this conversation goes. Oh, like, I, like, uh, do it, does, it have to, does it have to be a chain? Yeah, not chain necessarily. Or, well, you're not going to know what restaurant we've been talking about. Okay, well let's let's stick with the chains then. Let's let's stick with known at least regional chains as a minimum. Popeyes. I don't like beef anymore. I'm off pork. Now, now uh, here's, here's here's the question because uh, part of the Popeyes experience is that the service isn't great. So, is the service at the Popeyes in your home going to be any better? It probably still take a while. Um. So yes, you can say that it's still it's still not the best. But okay. it's. It's like it's not it's not it's not the best because uh, there's other people there. It's not the best because they just take a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, I again, no, if I could have a uh, well, the the nice thing is at your home is you could walk downstairs and be like, hey, give me a three piece tender meal, and then you could go upstairs for twenty minutes and come back down, and then it'd be exactly. ready for you. So it's kind of harder to do in real life. Uh, bets or meal? Either one of you want to take this conversation over? I mean, I know mine if you want me to go. Go. Go right ahead. I, I think, and this isn't, it's not exactly fast food, but it's a chain. Uh, but I would probably roll with Buffalo Wild Wings. Not really for the food, but just because I think it'd be fun to just be have a billion TVs. Or I guess like a very small portion of that, like the bar area in my house. And a bar. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, these are all... I'll, uh, I, I can't, um, well, like, here's the thing, Dave, like think how you got two screens going. <laughs> I could well, take my laptop I, to the I, bar, I cover think, the game and watch like, every other good game. Like I, 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 I like your thinking. I appreciate the outside of the box thinking, but I think this is more just about a food based situation. Yeah. Not about the atmosphere. Well, I'll eat the wings. I got <laughs> cauliflower wings and like a billion sauces. Okay. Otherwise, it's going to be Taco Bell because that's the easiest <laughs> thing to pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I still I, I I saw a lot of chatter around this conversation because Kyle Long is like 100,000 followers on Twitter. So I have a direction to take this uh, to the next level, uh, another level deeper. But I'll, I'll let go, Betsy go first and then we'll we'll go there. Um, well, it's not a fat. It's it's OK. It's it, Panera. I would oh. say Panera. Um, because it's got the best, like, pastries you could, like, you get pastries, you get bread, and you get soup. Sandwiches, too, but, like, it's really the soup that you want, especially, like, the, the, um, broccoli cheddar soup. Um, but, like, it's the best mix of stuff you could have. Um, they can be made into more than one thing and more than one type of meal versus, like, this is just burgers or whatever, you know, kind of thing. Um, also, I, again, just I like their broccoli cheddar soup. I get the like 
ones you can get from the grocery store. Um, and it's not as good as it being made fresh, but at least it can chill in your refrigerator for a while. Okay. Hey, Dave, before you take this in another direction, I just want to say this made me think of the 90s movie Richie Rich with Macaulay Culkin, how he has a, <laughs> he has a McDonald's in his house and all his friends freak is. out. Yes. Oh, it is Macaulay Culkin. Yes, it is. I was thinking of Blank Check when you said that originally. Cause no, is that, uh, I, I got stories about that kid, too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> what? But, well, I'll tell you off there. But okay. um, but uh, they uh, seriously, I will. But uh, that movie, uh, I you guys might remember. But like, he has like it's the Iron Wolf from Six Flags at his house, um, and then a fucking McDonald's, and the kids are like, "What the hell?" You all freak out. Yes, yeah, I I remember what you're talking about. That made me uh, think of that. Yeah. All right. So I the, my answer is going to be Steak and Shake because I think this is kind of in line with what Betsy said about the versatility of it, and there, there's just also like. <sighs> Steak and Shake is the one place that I like. I, I haven't been there in a long time because it used to be, uh, but like in the high school and early college days, it was like the only place you could go after ten o'clock before you were twenty-one. So that was like a, a staple of my younger years. And it's just it's a it's like similar motivation to Taco Bell. It's like late at night and you just want something to eat. That's and it's got a decent amount of options. And I feel like Steak and Shake is the perfect overlap for that. Um, so that's my. Initial thought, but then uh, somebody I, again, I'm forgetting who this person was, but somebody on Twitter pointed out that like they went with a very specific, uh, it was a very like off the wall thing because the idea was um, you would not like there's uh, like for like Popeyes, for example, for Shay, um, like you can get Popeyes if there's some in your, I assume there's at least some Popeyes in your vicinity. So the idea would be to get something that is not readily available in your immediate area. So that pretty much throws away like all of the major chains yes and major food options and then gets a little bit more you get a little bit more specific with your food ideas of course i'm getting a permani brothers <laughs> there you go portillo's is that what you said jay yep oh i fucked up i should have said denny's <laughs> you don't have any denny's near you they they tore it down those bastards kind of i don't know if i know enough restaurants not around like Cheney restaurants, not around the South. Cause when like, I go to, when I go to other cities, I try not to hit chain restaurants, even in like, like in LA, I obviously hit in and out, but like, I don't hit chain restaurants when I go so, to. Betsy, do you guys have Bojangles down there? We do. So yeah, like, see, I hear that's good, but also okay. we're getting a uh, Raising Cane's now too. And people freak Raising out Raising Cane's, that. yeah. Oh, see, live, like, Raising Cane's mom, absolutely rules. Of course, um, the city that I'm in with my mom is like 45 miles outside of Atlanta, but it's got two highways running through it and then one running beside it. So it has every fast food restaurant like in existence in the South, plus every major chain restaurant. Like I'll I, be honest, if I go back to eating meat, I feel like a lot of fast food chicken kind of sucks. Well, yeah, actually. I usually think the chicken stuff is because I like really like I used to love like actual like deep fried chicken, not yeah. like uh, from a fast food place. But I've heard Bojangles is good. Um, Bojangles is good. I eat their their chicken biscuits. I we don't have In and Out by us. Yeah, see that's I think that would be it, my answer would have to be something like that, like a a regional chain that is not available in this area, like an In and Out, a Bojangles, a Zaxby's. Uh, to be honest, maybe crystal, maybe, maybe a Whataburger. 
Ooh, yeah, to be honest, like these you got a hot, hot, there's a lot of hot takes about these restaurants that people don't have locally, like In and Out, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's not that good." And it's like none of them are really that good. It's just better because you don't have it. What, which one Absolutely. of you? Some of you guys had never had Five Guys, right? We there's, have Five Guys. Yeah, there's a bunch around here. Sure, well, whatever. sometimes there's only four guys. <laughs> Shut up, Mel. In <laughs> this economy, come on, five really? <laughs> you get a hell of a ton of French fries there. Uh, yeah, and, uh, they give you like a whole basket, like a bag full. Yeah, like it's literally like the whole like the shirt. whole carry outfit. Yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 an unnecessary amount of French fries. Like I uh, I do not recommend ever looking up any sort of uh, nutritional information for what you get at Five Guys because it may make you never go there again. Please, I one time I went to Bessie, Five I'm Guys telling with, you with one of my good friends who uh, because I played receiver, he was an offensive lineman and he's a big dude, like six five, very big. And we tried to see how many fries we could eat there. It was a bad idea. Oh, my God. Sounds awful. It was bad. We were young, though. We were stupid. Yeah. <laughs> happens. Yeah. And now, and, now, and now we're just old and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I, we, we do write do, about the Hawks. When this podcast posts, we should, like, in the thing, be like, hey, everybody, list your stuff. Because I can do some research on places that are good um, and be like, that's where I want to eat, even if I've never eaten there before. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, well, I, I think we could certainly solicit some more uh, suggestions of the the places where if you had friends coming to visit from out of town, you would say, this is the place you need to go to while you're here. I, I you didn't like even go a- to any of the places that I suggested. Well, I only had 36 hours, and I tried to go to one of them, and we had to wait <laughs> an hour and a half, Betsy. I'm sorry. I- I, uh, I mean, also Atlanta has such terrible public transit that like trying to get, to, I kept being like, what is even holy, on holy the line? Shit. How did we, no one say waffle house yet? I want a waffle house in my house complete with the staff that will fight customers who get out of hand because that video that went all over the internet a couple weeks ago. Then was, I'm going <laughs> to Dave, I'm going to come to your house and steal the coffee cups. Fine. Fine. Go ahead. I'm see, see, I'm not see what happens. See what happens if the the employees catch you trying to steal from my Waffle House in my basement. I, I feel like with some of the super regional places that aren't well known, like for me, there's a lot of places I love in Pittsburgh that are not for manners, but they're actually like Pittsburgh spots that are not like well known, except if you live there. But like you need like a tour guide or somebody to take you to them. Like for Atlanta, like if I went, I, I would listen to Betsy, but I would also be like, hey, is there somebody here who can point this out to me? Because, like, I don't know, you sometimes you don't get how good something is until you really get there. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's kind of hard to explain, but, like, sometimes it's like, yeah, whatever, and then you go eat somewhere, like, oh, that was great. I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I got nothing. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw out one more. There used to be a place in the 300 level called Mexican Fiesta. That's what I would have in my house. Uh, iron works for me. That's a good call. The classic steak sandwich from Ironworks just outside, I think, 308. That's what Dave, we should, we should hit them up soon. It's probably dirt cheap. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, we got tickets for a uh, my for my mom for Christmas, and uh, we, we, we sprung for, like, the 300 level, but, like, the third or fourth row, and they were 40 bucks. And so You could you, probably go there just to eat. Yeah, exactly. Well, you could just buy, like, the last row on the upper deck and move down to the third row because no one's going to be sitting there, so... Yeah, exactly. They're not going to check your ticket. Of course not. There's no one there. Pro tips for those listening. There you go. 
Uh, but I, I will say, like, on, on a positive note with everything, like, kind of in that vein is uh, if there's ever a time if you had some friends who were kind of getting into hockey uh, and you wanted to take them to a game in person, now's the time to do it because tickets are very cheap. Uh, maybe just pick a good opponent for them because uh, the the Hawks may not offer much entertainment value. But, uh, you know, we'll see what you got. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this edition of uh, Musings on Madison. Any final thoughts from the gang? Um, if I start eating meat again and I come to Shay's Popeyes, I hope they get my order right. <laughs> they will. Okay, thank you. I I, uh, I appreciate Shay's confidence in in. The I'm staff. in charge of hiring the staff for this restaurant. <laughs> oh, so uh, you're just gonna hire me then? No. <laughs> yeah, unless you unless you desperately need a job. Oh no, I'm good. Shay's like, you. I will help my friends in desperation, but <laughs> yes. not. <laughs> I might. You gotta. Not when, you they gotta have be a, a, not, the, not when they have a steady paycheck and they don't need a, a Popeye's job. You know, you're, you're, you're gonna have to get awfully specific I, about how deep that desperation is. I think, depending on how much champagne I drink tonight, I'll let you know by seven forty-eight in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> oh, work tomorrow. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, uh, hope well. Uh, if we are listening to this while you're back at work after the uh, lengthy holiday weekend, hopefully we uh, gave you a few laughs and some entertainment along the way. Because uh, again, I think we're just trying to entertain ourselves as much as we're uh, just trying to make it through the rest of the season. So uh, hopefully we uh, hopefully we accomplish that. And if not, we'll uh, we'll try better next week. Um, but thank you very much for listening to this episode of Musings on Madison. You can find Shepard on Twitter at Jehosa's Witness. Mill is at Millman82. I'm at DML57. Uh, Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR, which is also the place for all of our recaps and previews. We've had Catherine, our one of our new staff editions, doing World Juniors updates. Uh, Eric's been popping in with some uh, the usual work as well. Uh, we're going to start focusing more on some of those potential high draft picks that uh, – we were talking about earlier on the show. So a lot of stuff there for you to kill some time while you're at work for the next few months, because, uh, you know, the, the team on ice isn't going to be much to write about. So we'll find some other stuff to hopefully uh, keep everyone entertained and coming back to the website. And uh, speaking of that, we'll uh, come back next week and do this all again. And we'll talk to you then. See ya. <laughs>